Welcome back to Sex and Couples Therapy with a Happy Ending Therapist, everybody. I'm Donna Harris Richards, and I'm here with my producer, Vicki. Hello. Yeah, hey, Vicki, how are you? Good, how are you? I'm well, thank you. Very well. Yeah, so today we are here to chat about reaching full relationship potential, a how-to for successful communication in intimacy. How's that for a big old title? <laughs> so specific. I love it. <laughs> yeah, specificity. We were just talking about this. Specificity. <laughs> glorious thing. <laughs> talking about this with the boys in the back, who we're going to be featuring on the next podcast. Yeah, yeah, they're going to just kind of be getting in on the conversation, and that'll be really fun. Um, but today's conversation with you here, Vicki, uh, is about intimacy versus communication. Um, and this idea, and I'm going to break it down, um, this idea of exploring the processes of validation by other and self. And I'll explain what that means and how that Great. relates to, to sex and couples therapy. But I want to know how you're doing, what's going on with you. I'm good. Actually, um, I just got engaged this week. <laughs> oh, no way. Yeah. Oh, congratulations. Yeah, thank well, you. Wait a minute. I got to give a big round of applause. Thank that is you. so cool. Yeah. So oh, excited. I can see you. Can I, can I see your ring? Can you Absolutely. just hold up? Oh my. Oh, that's gorgeous. Thank you. Sorry, audience. You can't see. Oh, well. <laughs> You know, we'll yes. have to do like a Facebook live stream and then you can be on there and show your ring. <laughs> and they'll be like, hey, look. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. Congratulations. Thank you. Very excited. How long have you been together now? Uh, seven years this year. Wow. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. So I oh, feel like my great. cheeks are permanently attached to my eyeballs. I'm smiling so hard. So. <laughs> well, he is one smart guy to ask you to marry him. So good for him. Yeah, I'm, I'm very lucky as well. So, Oh, that's yeah. so great. Excellent. How about you? How's, how have you been? Good. I'm already married for a long time now. <laughs> we got engaged many years ago. Um, yeah, and I'm, well, I'm doing great. You know, I'm just trying to get outside and walk and... You know, still kind of be in nature, and I'm I'm thinking about um, winter and how I'm going to be dealing with that. And mm. um, that's winter been, is coming. Yeah, it's been an evolving challenge, and I'm, <laughs> and luckily my husband is sort of on board with me now, where we're making sure to have good layers and warm clothes, so that we are actually going to be able to have some joy and pleasure around snow and cold weather because we're not yeah. going anywhere. Mm. Because of this COVID world we live in, so um, yeah, I mean, it's it, I'm good. We're we're good. We're cooking and um, you know enjoying some new kind of cool shows. You and I were just talking about a cool show I discovered called Mozart in the Jungle, and you know being that's on the, that's on Amazon, right? Amazon Prime. Yeah, I think so. I think mm -hmm. so. Although I'm not sure. Um, yeah, I think you're right. But I'm a New Yorker, and uh, it's really wonderful to see those scenes of New York. And you know, it's the characters are really interesting. The writing is is really good. The acting is great. It's funky. It's sexy. It's hot. It's compelling. It's all that stuff. So that's awesome. So that's been fun. And you know, reading. I, I'm always liking reading. I know you're a reader too, Vicky. Mm. Are you reading anything good these days? You know, I'm actually not. I I. Uh finished a bunch of books and I actually, instead of reading, I've been mm -hmm. trying to 
jot my thoughts down more. So Mm -hmm. at night where I would normally read, Mm -hmm. I've been trying to just kind of like bullet out thoughts for the day or just things that pop into my brain. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So oh, that's good. Yeah. I kind of, I don't, my brain doesn't let me do both. <laughs> Either I'm oh, writing no. or I'm reading. <laughs> sure. No, I get it. I get it. And you are one busy lady. So, um, no, it's true. You know, Vicki, Vicki, my producer here uh, helps me with these podcasts along with Paul and Justin and writes, uh, my blogs with me and she's a real, a real creative force. So thank you. So I get it. You gotta. You have to practice good self care and know your limits. That's really yeah. important for for you and me and everyone. Um, Absolutely. I've been listening to. Well, I'm doing a lot of reading for work, but um, I've been listening to podcasts lately, and there's actually one that's very good. I think it's NPR called uh, StopTheHate.org. Ooh. And it's a lot about how people have been uh, pulled into some alt-right groups um, mm. and, you know, the, sort of these hate groups. And there's one story in particular right now I'm listening to of a young woman who's explain, who's talking about her story of getting pulled in. Um, sort of reminds me of, I'm older, so I remember Jonestown and, and things like that and how she got pulled in, spent 10 months, and then was able to kind of get out. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty fascinating stuff. So I've been listening to that and... I'm not reading any novels right now. I'm going to have to get to that soon because that's so fun. So let's see. How can we segue back around to this lovely podcast that we have for <laughs> let's today? Just, let's just jump right in. <laughs> okay, good, good, good. We're just going to do a big old deep dive, right? Yeah. Oh, all right. So, you know, uh, the thing I wanted to, to kind of focus on today is this idea that, you know, lots of couples, when they come into sex sex therapy, couples therapy, um, I mean, they're coming to sex therapy, which is, remember, a shorter process, 10, 12 sessions, which is great. Um, Couples therapy, national average is 16. Um, And lots of folks, if they're coming for sex therapy, they're really focused on sexual aspects, which is great. You know, improving their sex lives, uh, trying to, um, you know, re-infuse excitement and eroticism. Uh, that's, you know, one piece or they're, they're looking, you know, lots of women are, are want to kind of figure out how to deal with pain that they may have pelvic pain, you know, for men, erectile dysfunction, issues around, you know, orgasm, et cetera, uh, premature ejaculation, on and on. Um, but lots of couples, when they come in for therapy, if it's couple, if it's couples therapy, excuse me, you know, they're one of the things they're talking about is communication. You know, I want to, we want to improve communication. And with sex therapy, interestingly, um, this was really kind of cool to begin to see this. Couples would say to me, "Well, you know, we came for sex therapy, uh, and what has happened is our communication has gotten better as a result." So the two are really tied. And one of the things I want to say about that is that the more direct we are with our partners and in communication, the better the relationship. And actually, this is interesting, with you getting engaged, Vicki, <laughs> one of the things I was thinking about today before hopping on the podcast, not that I was going to talk about it, but I think it's relevant, is that the um, divorce rate is lower in Massachusetts than pretty much anywhere else in the country. Really? Yeah, and the reason I've thought about this is it came up with another couple where I'm um, working with a couple uh, and, you know, there's the question of engagement and marriage mm. and children down the line, et cetera. Um, and in this one particular coupling, you know, there's lots of anxiety about it by one partner, uh, the this sort of withdrawer partner and the pursuing partner, um, 
you know, who wants that. So uh, we started talking about it, and, and I was able to help them by saying, look, you know, I, I know that it's scary thinking about the divorce rate is 50%, but in Massachusetts it's lower, and there's several reasons for that. You know, one is couples uh, get married older here quite often, um, you know, like later, a little bit, 30s, et cetera. Um, I'm also uh, thinking about Massachusetts has really good resources. So divorce rates are higher when there are more stressors. So if there's unemployment, if there's poverty, if there's violence, you know, then those are really difficult things to get through and sustain an, an enduring relationship. Mm. Um, but we have lots of resources here. So that that's another thing. Um, you know, we have lots of folks who are, you know, we do know that if you have more education, that it's more likely that your relationship is going to last. Those are, those are the statistics. Right. So folks who have beyond high school to college do better than, than folks who don't. Mm-hmm. Um you know, so stuff like that. Anyway, um, communication. So this is the back around to this idea that um, when people are want, when couples are coming in and they're wanting better communication and better sex, they're really talking about intimacy, right? So right. we can have communication without intimacy, but we cannot have intimacy without communication. Right. Right. So, so what does that mean? You know, you think about your colleagues, your friends, you know, you communicate with them, but you're not intimate with them. You know, unless you're in a polyamorous kind of uh, ecology where you have more than one lover. Um, but if you're in just a, a relationship with one other partner, then again, that that relationship is different than all others. Um, you're, you're being intimate, you're being sexual, you're not doing that with others, typically. Um, in a in a you know monogamous relationship and so it's important to begin to develop communication for the sake of intimacy and this ironically uh, brings up anxiety so I know I talk a lot about reducing anxiety but tolerating our anxiety is a part of this well I feel like especially too when you're in a relationship whether you know what for me I'm in a relationship with one other person mm-hmm. and I know for myself, when our communication isn't at its best, I know I get stressed because I, I, I very much value the communication that my partner and I have. Mm-hmm. And when, when either he's not communicating effectively or I'm not communicating effectively, mm-hmm. then it's stressful, you know? Right. And, and I think for people that might have a difficult time communicating mm. that might, you know, add more stress to them. And I have no problem communicating. And if I get stressed when I know I'm not communicating effectively, mm. then, you know, I can only imagine the anxiety that that would bring up for other people. And I can absolutely see how that would be a blocker intimacy wise. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And I think that's why, you know, reading and learning, you know, if you're listening to podcasts or you're, you know, taking classes or, you know, getting yourself uh, in in a kind of, you know, whether you're getting educated and getting a degree or whatever the case, if, you, if you're learning, then you're, you're picking up language. And when we have language, we can communicate to our partners more likely what's going on. Um, we have the words to do so. And sometimes language is all we have. Um, I mean, we do have sex, right? So we can, we can connect physically. I mean, Mm -hmm. I love showing folks how to do sensate focus, for example. Mm -hmm. Um, and again, you know, therapy, uh, sex therapy is talk therapy. Um, 
so I'm not showing them how to do that. You know, with there's anything. There's no other, physical activity that happens no physical, in Donna's office. No, no. The other, the the only thing that I will do with folks that I have just sort of stumbled upon myself um, is having people touch each other's hands um, mm-hmm. with sensei focus in a way that they get the experiential learning. So Einstein said, this is a great quote, experience is learning. Um, information is just essentially information. You know, we, we learn, we don't, we learn more from experiencing things than just the information. Um, and so when I have them doing the sensate focus in practice with their hands and touching while they're silent and quiet, uh, that can also be very helpful too. Um, but mostly when we're communicating, we're talking, right? Um, and if we're, if we're figuring out how to have better intimate communication, we have to be very specific, very direct while we're being kind. You know, it's like, oh, it's a balancing act. Um, and so, you know, we get better at it and it takes time. That's why it's not one or two or three sessions, but it can be more like 10 or 12 because, you know, we're, we're I'm helping people figure out the language um, and learn and, and then, you know, do things between sessions with homework and begin to develop themselves in new ways. And that, that takes some time. Absolutely. Um, you know, Mark Twain also said, I love him cause he's so funny. Um, <laughs> but, and, and I'm going to break down one of his, uh, quotes. He says, courage is mastery of fear, not absence of fear. I love that. Yeah. I really, really love that. Yeah. So that's the tolerating the anxiety piece, you know? And we live in this COVID world, right? You know, we're in this coronavirus pandemic. And so it's real, I find, I don't know about you, but I, I find it a bit anxiety provoking. It's it's a real threat. Mm. Um, so this is not, what is what do we say in, in Manhattan? You know, this is not neurotic anxiety. This is real. <laughs> yeah. um, Absolutely. So, so it's, you know, it's a re, it is a real thing that we have this anxiety, but <clears throat> a lot of times the anxiety is, is about how we're thinking. And so shifting how we're thinking is really important. Um, so, so relationships begin, you know, in the beginning, right? You know, that limerence or falling in love phase, we have this idea of sharing, you know, and that comes naturally, you know, you're spending hours on the phone with your lover and hours together and, you know, time just seems to flow by and, you know, this sort of, you lose awareness of time. And yeah, this is really, again, about biology and hormones, you know, and, and it sort of comes easily. Um, it comes naturally. It's about... Uh, you know, anywhere from 12 to 18 months, right? So this is sort of the, again, I think I talked about this on another podcast. This is sort of the reproductive part of the relation, reproductive sex part of the relationship, right? You know, mm. we're being, we're sort of, we have this urge to to make babies, you know, procreate. This is our, our natural state. So it's bringing up so, all the emotions and <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Con, you know, the, yeah. The emotions connected to connecting, right. And, and sort of being intimate with your partner. So that that's, this is the easy part. The harder part is, is how do we sustain that over time? Right. Mm. Um, so, so this, you know, one of my favorite authors, Dr. David Schnark talks about, um, we talked about this in another podcast, relationship at level one mm-hmm. uh, versus intimacy. So the thing I just described is the level one, right? That's the easy part at the beginning. You know, level two is is the intimacy piece, you know, developing ourselves to be really communicative, right? Tolerating the anxiety. Um, 
So the first level is this, what he calls the immature reflected sense of self. And what, what does he mean by that? Meaning that in the beginning and when, when, you know, often when we're younger or we're less developed in relationships, we haven't had as many, um, or it's earlier in the relationship, we tend to see our, we get, tend to get a sense of ourself via the reflection in our partner's eyes, essentially. We're, we're measuring ourselves through our partner. You know, what does my partner think of me? Do they love mm -hmm. me? Am I good enough? All that stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, versus our own more mature, solid, flexible self, he talks about. Um, so that's the sense that we have about ourselves through our own eyes. Hmm. What do you do when, when those two things are so different? You know, like, are there times when the way you think your partner views you is completely different than the way you view yourself? Have you seen that with, with couples, or, or is it generally oh, yeah. semi-similar? Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so the, so, so the less developed sense of ourselves we have, the more difficulties we're going to have in relationship. Right, right, right. So, you know, it goes back to all that, you know, all those quotes that you hear and those sort of Buddhist ways of thinking that, you know, it, it, it sort of begins with ourselves. And yet, again, here's the, here's the irony is that, yes, it begins with ourselves, but the way to develop ourselves is to get into a relationship. Because mm. <laughs> the relationship is the thing that forces growth. Gotcha. Right? You know, if we, if we spend our time alone, that's fine. And that's a choice. And that's a, that's a fine choice. Um, but we're more likely to grow and be challenged with another person. In I wonder. A relationship. I wonder what the difference in the way. The different ways someone grows, if it's you know a close friendship as opposed to a a romantic relationship. I wonder if there are ever, if any of those are ever similar, or if it's always if it's two di very different types of growth. Yeah, sex is the thing. Yeah. 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 And, and, you know, interestingly, as a sex therapist, what I've come to understand is that if people want to improve their relationship, their coupling, um, sex is the way forward. Yeah. And lots of folks still want to hear that. I mean, like I work with women who are quite often uh, the sexual withdrawer or distancer mm. because their partner uh, may be a, an emotional withdrawer or distancer. Right. So then you get yeah. this kind of Mexican standoff, if you will, where it's <laughs> yeah. kind of like, well, I'm not going to, you know, have sex unless, you know, my you partner. open up. And <laughs> yes, exactly. And, and, you know, that's valid. I mean, there is truth to that, that that feels very scary to open up sexually if your partner is not being empathic or not being as present as you would like. So it's really challenging. Yeah. And so, again, you know, the, the challenge is, you know, how, how do we do something different to get something different? So, you know, if I were going to really make it simple, the sexual withdrawer needs to come forward and the emotional withdrawer needs to develop empathy. Bang. Done. <laughs> I mean, in, this, in, in a situation like that, it's also really tough because, you know, if you're experiencing anxiety because you want to, you know, 
open up that sexual part of yourself, but you you're missing something from your partner. And then your partner is also experiencing their own anxiety because they want, you know, that sexual side of you to come out, but they're having trouble opening up. It's, it's, yeah, it's like, they're both dealing with the same type of anxiety and it, it, the communication is what could br- build that bridge, you know? Yeah, that's right. And, and, you know, as you're saying that it's making me think that listening to these podcasts is great. And, you know, as my clients are waiting, you know, to get the call for the first appointment, cause I have this waiting list, um, uh, that's all fine and dandy, but but the, the therapy environment where you've got someone mm-hmm. like myself or a sex therapist sort of creating this safe environment for both people to open up is key. You know, mm. that's where the real work happens for, for folks to be able to feel like, okay, there's somebody here who's got my back, you know, meaning the therapist who's modeling that for the partner. Right. Um, so the therapist, again, modeling that kind of safe being that safe place or space, whether it's in the sexual domain or the relationship domain is, is really important. Um, so, you know, in the beginning, you know, this emotional honeymoon, you know, hinges on this kind of quick but unaware reduction of anxiety, right? Um, I think of it like, like we've t- we might have talked about this before, a sort of medication versus meditation. Right? <laughs> if you take a pill for the anxiety, boy, it works really fast, but mm. it's not helpful for the long term. Mm. You know, meditation, on the other hand, or mindfulness, let's say, mm. like if, if people take an eight week mindfulness based stress reduction course, they learn tools to really begin to soothe themselves and mm-hmm. understand that they can cope with their anxiety. You know, they don't have to shrink away because they start to feel a, an uncomfortable feeling. Um so uh, the practice of, of mindfulness, um, and again, it doesn't have to be, you know, where you're sitting doing transcendental meditation with your legs crossed and your palms in the air. <laughs> yeah. It can be, right, like a, med- like a, like a just sort of a, a walk in nature um, or just taking a few deep breaths. It's not complicated, you know. But again, mm. that's, that's sort of learning how to soothe yourself, uh, which is your individual anxiety, and then there's relational anxiety. So the more we can soothe ourselves and... Um, create a, you know, have this goal of creating a safe space with our partner to be able to be direct. It's a lot of stuff happening at once, but, but this yeah. is the way forward. And it's not, you know, it's like you're in a, you're on a boat and your therapist is the captain here, making sure like you navigate those rough mm-hmm. seas, because if you have anxiety, just the thought of facing that anxiety heads on, oh, yeah. head on yeah. can cause more anxiety. Yeah. And this is why it often takes heterosexual men a year or two to show up in therapy with their partners because they, they, you know, it's, it's anxiety producing. And then they might as a self-protection say, look, we can figure this out on our own. We don't really Mm. need that. Um, and then when they show up, they go, Oh, you know, this isn't so bad. (laughs) I don't know why I waited. And and that's fine. I mean, that's fine. But, uh, but I want them to show up sooner because, you know, if they don't, it's more and more time in that negative place, that negative space that might be causing sort of injury over time. And it's more work to kind of go go back and correct all of that. If they come in sooner, uh, it's more easily correctable. It's like anything. It's like, a, you know, if you wait too long to to fix your car, if you have an engine problem, you know, your engine might seize, right? You know, you mm. want to go get that oil changed. You don't want to wait. 
you know, mm. more than whatever. What do they recommend nowadays? 5,000 miles? Know. I don't know. 6,000 I made miles. that mistake once. Put a rod through the engine. Never make that mistake ever again. Oh, by not changing the oil? <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. And people do it. You know, it happens. You forget or whatever. But yeah, too long. You know, sometimes there's, sometimes you can't uh, roll back. Yeah. Sometimes it's, you know, people, partners start uncoupling, if you will. They're thinking, okay, how do I get out? Because my partner's just not willing to work with me. And that's very frustrating for the pursuer. You know, the pursuer knows, you know, they're on board. They're like, let's do this. Let's, let's figure this out. You know, therapists, we're pursuers pretty typically. Mm. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, partners can be distancers or withdrawers. And we like, we want them to know, look, we can, we can do this. We can, we can make change, but if it's too long that the, that, that partner is withdrawing or distancing, it can, it can do damage that may be irreparable. And is that similar to the concept of emotional gridlock? I know we had talked, you had wanted to talk about that a little bit. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, that's different. So um, emotional gridlock is a very normal and natural phase in the relationship. So we talked about falling in love and limerence mm-hmm. um, as the first, say, 12 to 18 months or so. Uh, and then emotional gridlock is exactly what happens to couples when they kind of hit crisis, right? So that's oh, the, gotcha. the, so I hear this a lot from couples. They're usually coming in when they feel stuck. When they're in that four-way intersection and they don't know how to get that traffic to move, mm-hmm. you know, how the heck do we get out of here? No one's no one's moving. <laughs> so the moving is this idea of, um, I think I talked about this in the neuroscience podcast or, or probably more than that one, but this idea of, you know, our prefrontal cortex is that steering wheel and uh, that's the thing we have to work on to start to either, right, imagine the four-way intersection and the stuck gridlock. You know, somebody's got to start steering in the direction of either, you know, backing up or moving forward or what, whether that's developing empathy or being willing to, you know, be more, have more sex, plan sex, et cetera. Whatever it is, somebody's got to do something different to get something different. And that's a, this is a very classic, normal phase, emotional gridlock in a relationship. That's usually when people are showing up in sex and couples therapy. Um, so, so let me just go back and remind folks that if we, you know, the metaphor of the car is so useful. Uh, if we get into the car and we start it up and we just put our foot on the gas and we go without steering, we will likely crash. And this is the idea of what comes naturally. You know, we all think, well, shouldn't it come naturally to have a great relationship? Or, you know, how come my friends can do it and I can't? Or... You know, all these folks I see on TV, these Hollywood endings. Well, first of all, this is a fantasy. This isn't true. People just aren't talking about what's going on behind closed doors. Um, and and no, it, it doesn't come naturally. It's work o- over time. And, you know, again, I, I love this idea of de-shaming, de-shaming and destigmatizing what goes on for people. Like this idea that, and I might have touched on this before, maybe I didn't. You know, it, we are living in the uh in a time where we are on the event horizon i'm going to say you know how there's a black hole right and they describe Mm. the event horizon so the event horizon of a black hole is is that moment where you are on the edge of change 
you know, with a black hole, it's it's different. I mean, you're getting sucked <laughs> into death, so so it's not that. But it's it's you know, it, the event horizon meaning that we're we're on a kind of a, a precipice here. You know, this is a new frontier living in 2020. It's mm. only been, I would say, less than 50 years. Mm. compared to 35 to 40,000 years that we have been on this planet as humans or Cro-Magnons, whatever you want to call it. Only 50 years. I mean, I, I really should be doing the math and crunching those numbers. What percentage that is? Mm. Uh, it is such a small amount of time that we are evolving. Mm. So right as a newly engaged uh, young woman, um, and I, I'm a, I only got engaged myself, what, 17 years ago. So um, it, it's a new world. For us, more women today have master's degrees than men. Mm. So we are in these modern, non-traditional marriages where both people are working, both people are, you know, we have these stresses. I, mean, I hear repeatedly that um, the sex declines when we end up moving in together mm. or we um, uh, buy the house um, or, you know, what, or uh, somebody loses their job or, or whatever the case may be. Um, so we have to take this into account and understand that we're all learning now. I mean, there's a lot of literature out there and, and lots of uh, statistics and evidence for, for what actually works. Like we know now that when folks show up in sex and couples therapy, that when we strategize positively, that works better than negatively. I don't want couples coming in, rehashing the same arguments that they can do on their own time for free. <laughs> right. It's unethical of me to take their money and have it play out in front of me. I want to give them something different so they get something different. But anyway, getting back to kind of history, um, you know, in, in the 1950s, there was the Good Wife's Guide. Right. In 19, you know, and what's the Good Wife's Guide? You know, don't talk uh, about yourself when your husband gets home. Make sure to dust the furniture, uh, you know, make him a drink and bring him his slippers. You know, nobody's doing that today. Right. <laughs> You know, and it wasn't until 1973 that women had the right to do what they wanted with their bodies. So that's less than 50 years ago. And, you know, again, nowadays, you know, women are educated. Um, and so it's a new world is what I'm trying to say. And we're all kind of navigating this together. Mm. And so I'm helping couples do that. And it makes a lot of sense that we don't know how because we, we haven't learned this from our parents. We haven't learned it in school. Right. You get it. And there are a lot of things, too, that with COVID and, you know, the Corona world that we're currently living in, mm -hmm. you know, if you've been quarantining with your partner or if you are quarantining with your partner and the kids, all of these different things that before yeah. these stressors that might not have come out because you're leaving to go to work and then coming home or, mm -hmm. you know, your kids are in school or in daycare. And then mm -hmm. when you're at home, it's your time to all be together. And yep. now you're all doing it at once. Yep. And all of a sudden there are all these new problems popping up and these new things that you're trying to navigate. And yes. it's just so much. Yeah. And so I'm working with couples where uh, one of the solutions for that is making sure to have a separate space, if you can, in your mm. home. I know lots of people, we have small homes, right? Because mm. they're, they're more affordable. If mm. there's any way that you can set up a room divider or go in even just a small room to, to do your work rather than being in the middle of the kitchen. Um, I just had a couple... Last night, say, uh, you know, now that now that one of us is going off to work again, oh, things are better <laughs> because, <Yeah. laughs> you know, they're, they're getting that space that they didn't have during the kind of the, the, the height of the pandemic. Well, I shouldn't say the height of the pandemic because we're we're still in it. But 
um, now that it's fall and folks have gone, you know, back to school or, or sort of environments where they're leaving the house, yeah, there's a little bit less stress. To, so to your point, Vicki, yeah, COVID has brought new stressors that we haven't seen before. So once again, good point on, an, <laughs> on another precipice, right, of mm. evolution of how do we do this now? Right? Yeah, um, absolutely. And it's interesting being a therapist because I'm, you know, I'm right alongside my clients figuring this stuff out. Uh, and letting yeah. them know that, being really transparent about it, that which I you know, think I, is amazing too. You know yeah. that transparency of you being able to say to your clients, "Listen, mm-hmm. I'm going through these things too. I'm here. I'm, you know, I understand what you're what you're going through." Oh yeah, absolutely. The stressors of you know unemployment and you know in my own situation with a, a partner who's lost lots of work because of the pandemic. So. You know, the pre- those pressures of now, you know, being breadwinner and all that, mm. you know, this is this is lots to deal with. So, um, you know, I, I want to make this point about um, this, this, what was I talking about? The intimacy, right? What did I call it before? I'm just looking for the term. Oh, yeah. Validation by other and self. So if we're if we're looking for validation by our partner or the other uh, I want people to develop themselves by developing their own interests. Um, find what really lights you up. What's your passion? Go do it. Get get immersed in it, even if it's online. That's cool. Like Vicky, you and I, we're doing these podcasts, looking at each other on the computer, right? Yeah, we are not in the studio, but it still no. feels nice. I know it's different, right? I'd yeah, much rather. I'd much rather see you in person, but this, of I mean, this works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> I get still to wear my of, comfy clothes. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, me too. But it, it's still, you know, we're still connecting and that, and that's good. Um, but, but the idea of this self-validated intimacy is sort of what they, what they call, or Schnar- I think it's Schnarp, calls the life jacket for troubled relationships. So when people show up and they're stuck and they're in gridlock, um, Figuring out how to develop yourself and get happy is really the way to shore up your relationship because we can't depend on our partner to be our everything. It just Mm -mm. ain't going to happen. I saw, I was talking to somebody the other day and I was just talking about my own relationship and, um, they said something along the lines of, oh, well, isn't your partner just your whole world? And I'm like, No, I'm like, they're, they're a very large part of my world, but if they were my entire world, that's just so much, that's so much pressure to put on one person to do all of those things for, Mm. for yourself. And I'm the daughter of a social worker and I, I talk a lot and I'm, you know, work through all those things, but I feel like when I'm stuck, the best way that I get unstuck is by taking a minute and trying to grow a little bit as a person to figure out how I can move through whatever's happening, because if I only rely on my partner to help me move, to move me through it, and they're not like, it's not a co-moving situation, that's, that's just too much for, for me anyway. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. And it it points to the idea of of what's called borrowed functioning. You know, Mm -hmm. if we're borrowing functioning from our partner, this is not a good place to be. You have to be, I mean, it's okay, yeah, to be sort of leaning on our partner and asking them and, and, you know, talking about it. But we have to be really aware that there's a balance. Uh, There's a balance there. And and you're right to, you know, to sort of say to your friend, look, you know, this is as much about me as my partner. Yeah. I got to make sure that I'm I'm happy. Um, uh, Yeah. So. Because it's tough work, you know, being able to 
self-validate and really look into your own self and work on yourself and, and the root of what might be upsetting you. It, it's tough to look in on yourself and admit, well, that's, that's the root of what's bothering me, you know, and I get that. <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, it's important to know that <clears throat> if we're pushing off the inevitable, if we are um, running away, withdrawing, excuse me, I gotta, I gotta clear my throat, <clears throat> running away, withdrawing or avoiding, you know, it just delays the inevitable, you know, whether it's in the relationship now, that's why tolerating anxiety is so important. Um, because if we don't, we're either going to end up parting from the relationship and we're going to take that work with us to the next. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. So it's not about, you know, did I pick right? Is, is this person right for me? Uh, I mean, sometimes, you know, if, <clears throat> excuse me, if you're with somebody who's, you know, violent, you got to get out. That This is mm. unacceptable. Uh, but but if you are, are worried that you've picked wrong, I mean, you know, picking right is important. <laughs> but if there's enough there um, then it's really worth working on, especially if there are children involved. It's so worth figuring out, can we make this work before parting ways? Because we want to show our children how, how people manage these difficulties yeah. and these challenges. Set the example. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, there's maybe I'll do another podcast later about over time, and I'm getting older now. I'm going to be, oh, 60 soon. And, <laughs> Wow. Uh, you know, as we move forward and we're in relationships longer and longer, uh, there becomes this kind of, uh, I'm not going to say dependence necessarily on one's partner, but you're spending a long time with your partner. And uh, sometimes it gets easier over time to be more intimate with them and show yourself because there's a sense of security. But that leaves us with a new problem. Right. And the new problem is what to do once our partner is gone. Mm. You know, our partners inevitably will become ill or die. And if we have worked on ourselves and having a full, rich life, as painful as it is to lose a partner, we still have ourselves. Mm. So I, I think about those things sometimes yeah. now more than I did when I was in my <laughs> 20s and 30s and 40s, you know. So, so that's, uh, that's kind of what I, I, I wanted to talk about today. Is there anything else you wanted to touch on? Um, I think we, I think we covered everything, but. Yeah, I, I, I think so too. You know, there'll be, there'll be more to come, but you know, if folks have, have questions or, you know, they're, they're interested in, in getting into sex and couples therapy, then, you know, please, they should, they should contact certainly an ASEC certified sex therapist that's american association <laughs> i am yeah american association <laughs> excuse me of sex educators counselors and therapists um so feel free to to reach out to me um you know on on again i'm donna harris richards thank you vicky my producer thanks of course the boys in the back paul and justin um you can find me on facebook uh at the sex and couples therapist you can find me on instagram at the happy ending therapist you can call my office at 508-990-9909 here in new bedford massachusetts and my website is www.sexandcouplestherapy.com and remember folks to please always make time for pleasure play and passion and we will see you next time or hear you or hopefully hear you 
You'll hear us next time uh, on the next podcast. Thanks for listening. Bye.